So if I can remember correctly, I think there's 11 ships and a thousand people. Half of them free, half of them convicts. And uh, this Richard Johnson was a chaplain to the uh, to both sides, I think. And uh, and he uh, that little quote that was in there is about forming a a method of of making sure that people knew about God and and followed his um, practices. Um, and so that's where we get the Methodist Church because he used a method of, of getting there and that's how we get the Methodist Church. Um, but um, lots of different denominations all contributing to the value of that Christian education. Oh, I better not forget, uh, it's that time to give this morning. And uh, so if I wonder if we can pass around. I just want, before we do that, maybe just read um, this Scripture, this is from Genesis 14, verse 21. And this is about the very first, sorry, the very first tithe that was ever given. Does everyone know about that? Okay, so it was a guy called Abraham, who, as we know, is the father of nations, the father of many nations. And, uh, he went after his brother who was held captive and, and God gave them victory over the other army. And so Abraham came with Melchizedek and Melchizedek, the king of Salem. It's interesting that we get the word Jerusalem out of the word Salem. And Melchizedek was meant to be like um, a shadow or a type of Christ coming. He was supposed to be similar in nature. And so Melchizedek blessed Abram and said, Blessed be Abram, God of the Most High, possessor of heaven and earth, and blessed be God Most High who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And then Abraham gave him a tithe of all, a tenth if you like. So that was the first time that it ever happened. So nobody asked Abraham to give. God had blessed him through this priest and out of that blessing, Abraham responds to God and goes, how can I give back to God? And goes, I'm going to give you a tenth of everything that I have. And uh, that was the first time that happened in the Bible. So it was, it was not something that was a tradition right then. It was something that on the spur of the moment, Abraham was so grateful to God for what God had given him that he gave back to him. And that's one of the reasons we give still today is that we're just grateful for what God's done for us. It's, I, I, I've... Um, I'm faithful with uh, giving my first bit. Like I normally like to get paid, and then I, one of the very first things that I do is is um, is give to God out of that. So there we go. That's just a little bit of insight, maybe into uh, tithing and how it came about. So it's 11:30, and uh, Pastor Al's been talking to you guys about life. Life being abundant, Jesus came that we might have life and life more abundantly. So that's John 10.10. 10. And Alan's been saying that life is about the choices that we make and life is about the attitudes that we carry inside and life is about our actions. What are we doing that shows that we're following God? And then last week he spoke about life is about words, words that we speak. And are we speaking life to each other? Uh, are we speaking God's words to each other? The week before that you had um, Pastor Fiona come. Is anyone here for that? Okay, a few people. And Pastor Fiona talked about God being light and in him is there, there is no darkness and about that God's light shining through us, making us different. 
So I'm going to start with an example this morning, and I don't want, don't want anyone to take offence. But um, this guy here on the front row, he's my friend. And so imagine as a friend I would say to him something like, please don't take offence, this is just an illustration, all right? I said to my mate, you know, you're not really good to look at or anything like that. You're a little bit skinny and, and uh, you know, who do you think you are trying to do anything in this world, you know? I can see him cringing already. This is not how friends talk to each other, is it? What about that project that you're considering? How are you ever going to raise the money for that? You know, how's that going to happen? You know, no one's going to listen to you. You can't lead other people. Ah, you're just a, you're just an accident waiting to happen. Alright. Okay, now let's flip it over. If I'm, if I'm going to be a good friend to my friend here, I'm going to say, gee, you're a handsome fella. <laughs> you got a smile that just lights up the room, buddy. Now we're talking. <laughs> I like spending time with you because you always build me up and encourage me and, um, and give me something worth aiming for. I love it that you always bring the word of God to me. I love that you um, challenge me in my honesty. You challenge me in following God. Here we go. Yeah. I love the project that you, the projects that you're doing, the ministry that you're working on, and I think that's bringing such value to other people's lives. And I think there's... I could, you want me to keep going? <laughs> I, just, I just love this man. Because uh, he's got a heart for God. He's, he's got a compassionate nature. He's able to say, I know when I'm wrong, and... And, and, and admit to it and come to God for help and get help. Isn't that awesome? You're just a great man. There's still good things left for you to do too. There's lots of good things for you coming up in the future. So, that's an example of a friend talking to a friend. But which of those people are we to ourselves? How do we talk to ourselves? If I talked to myself and I said, oh, gee, you're not much to look at, Paul. You're pretty ugly, you've got a pointy little nose. You know, who's going to listen to you? You know, who's going to pay any attention to what you've got to do? What about the money you're trying to raise? You're not going to be able to do that. That's, that's just ridiculous. You know, who's going to be, and do we talk to ourselves like that sometimes? Come on, let's be honest. <laughs> Berate ourselves and you shouldn't have made that mistake, you silly person, you. And we get like that with ourselves. Or we can be a friend to ourselves and say, you know what, Paul, you're called by God. He has his hand on your life. You're going to be able to talk to people and and after talking with you, they'll want to talk with Christ and they'll want to get to know him as well. You know, um, Paul, you can tune pianos. Why don't you go and tune someone's piano and just do it for kind of cost price and and so that person can play the piano and then they go, when, why would you do something good for me? And then I can say to them, because Jesus loves you, because God loves you and I'm motivated and compelled that, that God can work through my life and so he can work through yours as well. You know, it's not what we take with us when we leave this earth because we can't really take anything with us. It's what we leave behind in other people's lives and hearts. That's what counts. But to do that successfully, we've got to get our self-talk right. The way we talk to ourselves. What do you say to yourself when you look in the mirror? Just have a think about it. What do you think to yourself when you've just made a mistake? Do you kick yourself for days and just beat yourself up? Hey, <laughs> who's done that? <laughs> it happens. How are we going to talk to ourselves? And I wonder, 
if we can have a look at some of the things that Jesus said to others and then ask Jesus what would he say to us. Okay, So we're going to take some examples out of Scripture, out of the Gospels, where Jesus spoke to other people and then see if that can match up with how Jesus would want to talk to us. So I'm going to turn to Matthew 8. I might do some work out of Matthew this morning. Matthew 8, 5, 6 and 7. It says, When Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him. A centurion is a leader of a hundred soldiers, a Roman soldier. A centurion came to him pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralysed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. Then the centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should even come under my roof, but only speak a word and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. And when Jesus heard this, he marveled. And he said to those who followed, Assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. If we jump forward to verse 13, Then Jesus said to the centurion, Go your way, and as you have believed, so let it be done for you. And his servant was healed that same hour. So when we think about something that we need from Jesus in our life, we need some healing or we need some healing for our friend, do we come to Jesus and say, you know what, Jesus, I believe that you can help me? Do we say that to ourselves? Do we say that to God? If we need money, do we say to Jesus, Lord, you're the one who gives ability to create wealth. Will you help me? Because if we've got faith, God will say back to us, Jesus will say back to us, go your way as you have believed, so let it be done for you. Now I'm not guaranteeing that every time you pray for someone, everything you need is going to happen, okay? Because there's just some things that just cannot be explained. And the primary part of living for Jesus is that he lives with us and lives through us and he gives us strength for the journey. And so there's just times when hey, I prayed and nothing happened. But Jesus was with me in the midst of it. He's got a great reward for those that will follow. Let's have a look at Matthew 9.28 and verse 29. Jumping forward. When he had come into the house, the blind men came to Jesus. And Jesus said to them, Do you believe that I am able to do this? And they said to him, Yes, Lord. And then he touched their eyes and said, according to your faith, let it be to you. So here's a couple of guys who just came for Jesus to do something for them. And then Jesus said, would you believe that I can do this for you? And they said, yeah. And they said, according to your faith, let it be done to you. So what situation are you in that you can say to Jesus, yes, I believe you can, you're able to do this, you're able to help me with this. And then hear him say back to us, yes, I want to help you. According to your faith, be it to you. The little children came to, to Jesus in Matthew nineteen fourteen, and he said, "Let the little children come." He laid his, hand, laid his hands on them and met them with their need. 
Matthew 19, verse 26. Someone came to Jesus and said, How can I be saved? Sorry, Matthew nineteen twenty six, not Matthew twenty six. Matthew nineteen twenty six. Thanks, you've got it before me. Jesus looked at them and said to them, With men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. So how are we talking to ourselves? What do you say to yourself on a regular basis? Do you, do you ever stop and think what you're saying to yourself? Because mostly we just do it unconsciously. We have all these thoughts running through our head and it all happens without us really thinking about it. It's really good to sit down and that's why God likes us, that's why God not likes us to meditate on his word, is to take some of those thoughts that we think and pull them out and actually have a look at them and examine and take some quiet time during the day. Hey, you know what, I've just sat down and I've thought about the events. I'll sometimes catch myself feeling in a really miserable mood. Did anyone ever do that? I'll catch myself and I'll go, my goodness, when did that mood start? And I'll just kind of sit down and scroll back through the day and then I can pinpoint, ah, somebody said something to me and I just started feeling bad at that moment in time. And then I take that thought and I go, okay, well, what would Jesus say about that thought? Take it in, okay. All right, okay, so the person might have been a bit critical at the time or maybe they were just touching on a nerve where, where they'd actually identified something I need to change and, and, and it really hurt. So I take it back to Jesus. I go, well, how do you want me to think about this, Jesus? Change, change my perspective on it, change my self-talk around this because if it's something that's true and I need to change, well, then I come to Jesus and go, okay, well, can we get this sorted right now and... And what actions do I need to do differently so that it's not going to happen again? Or if it's untrue, then I need to just say, hey, Jesus, you love me, and it doesn't really matter what this person said because that's not, that's not me, that's not who I am. Does that make sense? We've got to talk to ourselves the way Jesus would talk to us. So there's times when Jesus pulls me up on stuff that I've done wrong and, I, and there's no condemnation and it's just like, you missed it. Jesus says that to me sometimes, you just missed it, Paul. Totally the wrong direction that you just went right there. And I'm so comforted by that because he loves me enough to say something to me and redirect my thinking. I don't so much these days, I don't so much condemn myself these days. Even with the woman that was caught in the act of adultery, Jesus said, is there anyone else that condemns you? Is anyone else that accuses you? And she looked around and everyone had walked away. Back in the, back in those days, if you had two witnesses that would speak against you, then you're gone. But Jesus said something to those guys. He says, let him who has no sin cast the first stone. And so, eventually from the oldest to the youngest, they one by one, they just all walked away. And so there was nobody left to accuse the lady. So he's actually following the, the, the Mosaic law. By rights, she should have been stoned. By rights, the guy that um, was in adultery with her should have been stoned. But Jesus framed it in such a way that everyone that could accuse had to walk away. And so Jesus said, you know what? You're no longer accused. Neither do I accuse you. And he was the only perfect one that could 
actually say, I've never sinned and you, you deserve punishment. He's the only one that could have said it and yet he forgave. He said, go your way. Your sins are forgiven. Go and sin no more. It's like he addressed exactly what needed to be addressed with no condemnation. He accepted her. He loved her. That love that came to her and that forgiveness that came to her was life-changing. And how would Jesus talk to us? You know, we've, we've, we've made mistakes in life. We've done things that maybe happened 10, 15, 20 years ago that we still give ourselves a hard time about. Are we going to take those things and still think about them? Or are we going to take those things and allow Jesus to change the way we think? Hey, I made a mistake back there. That's no longer part of my life, you know. And, and, and allow God to, to work in us and change our self-talk around that. And, and change it from, I did this so I'll never be any good, to, I did this but Jesus forgave me. There's been some changes happening in my life and now things are different. Now I'm a different person to what I was back then. And, uh, and let God get amongst our thinking. Life is about words. It's so important the words that we speak to each other, as Alan has been talking about. But it's also so important the words that we speak to ourselves. And to change those words and make them line up with God's word, and uh, and give ourselves a good time. How many wants to be their own friend this morning? You want to be your own friend? <laughs> be your own friend. Be kind to yourself. <laughs> Jesus is kind to us, so why do we give ourselves a harder time than what even He would? Why do we give ourselves a, a worse time than what Jesus would? Luke 22, verse 32, and this is um, what I'll close on this morning. And Jesus is talking to Peter, who's uh, about to deny um, Christ. It's the early hours of the morning, just before Jesus is taken away um, to be condemned to death. It's early hours of the morning, and, and Jesus is talking to his favourite disciple, one of them, uh, called Peter. And uh, he calls him Simon, which was the name that he had before he was with Jesus. His name was Simon. And so instead of calling him Peter, which was, was his favourite name for Peter, from now on I'm going to call you Peter because on this revelation that I'm the Son of God, I'll build a church. And so I'm going to call you Peter the Rock. But he went back to calling him Simon. He says, Simon, Simon, in Luke 22, 32. He says, Simon, Simon. Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. Who says the devil can't touch us? I say the devil can get to us sometimes. Sometimes. But I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. So he's not saying everything's going to be right, you're not going to fail. He's actually saying to him ahead of time, you're going to fail. You're going to fail, it's going to go belly up. I've prayed for you that your faith should not fail. When you have, re- and when you have returned to me, so he's also giving him a promise that he's going to be okay in the long run. That in a day in the future, it's going to be okay. And he doesn't leave it too long till after he comes back from the dead. He meets Peter on the on the shore of the Lake of Galilee, and he calls out to them, "Have you caught anything? No, we haven't caught anything. Throw your nets on the other side." And they start to do that, thinking, "Oh, who is this guy?" And then Peter recognises this has happened before. I remember Jesus telling us to throw our nets on the other side of the boat before. 
and we caught a thing. And Peter, in early hours of the morning, because it would have been like 5.30 a.m., just, big, just light enough to see people, and Peter jumps out of the boat into the cold water and swims to shore and goes to be with Jesus because he recognises his master's voice. And Jesus asks him three times, Peter, do you love me? And he says, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And and um, someone's recently told me, I, I'm not sh- sure yet, I have to, yet to check it out in the Greek, but Jesus asking, do you agape love me? Do you unconditionally love me? And Peter says, yes, you know that I love you as a friend. And, uh, and then he says, do you, Jesus, do you love me? He says, yes, Je- yes, Jesus, you know that I love you as a mate, as a brother. You know, <laughs> Jesus, do you love me? Uh, Peter, do you love me? He says, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And finally, um, Jesus has said each time a slightly different response, you know, feed my sheep, tend my lambs. Um, tend my sheep. And Jesus restores him. But from right back here, Luke twenty two thirty two, I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brothers. I would suggest to you in these last days that we live that all hell could break loose on this earth, that we could be under attack um, for what we believe, uh, certainly over in the Middle East, there are Christians being killed for their faith. And there could come a point at which one of us will fail in, in, in standing up for Jesus. And I want to say to you this morning, I, I pray for that grace that we come, that we, it means we can stand up for Jesus just in everyday life, when it's not popular to stand for Jesus. But to know that God's got his hand on us, that he's got his call on us, that he doesn't want us to fail completely. And when we do fail, to say to, to come running back to him straight away, when we do fail and say, Jesus, I know that I need you. I know that you will forgive me. I know that there's nothing that can keep me from being in your hand. Does that make sense? Well, we're going to fail. But... We don't have to fail completely. We don't have to fail eternally. We will fail, but we'll always come back to Christ. We'll always know that we can come to him for forgiveness. So let's talk kindly to ourselves. Let's talk the way Jesus would talk to us. Let's be real with ourselves, be honest about where we've gone wrong and uh, and follow Jesus with our whole heart. Let's pray this morning. If you'd like some prayer this morning just for me to agree with you, just even to help agree that you're going to think differently about your, your own life this morning. Um, I'm happy to pray with you after the meeting as uh, Christy comes maybe to sing another song, whichever one of the ones we've already had. <laughs> and let's pray this morning. Yeah, Heavenly Father, I thank you that you came to give us Jesus came to give us life and life more abundantly. We understand that's about the quality, the qualities that are in our life, Lord God, not necessarily how um, our quality of living, not necessarily how much comfort we have around us, but instead, Lord God, the quality that's in our life, the quality of your character that's embedded in our lives, the quality of, of your love that we can show to others, God the quality that you want to place inside of us so that even if we fail, we're still going to be okay with you. Father God, this morning we talk to ourselves kindly.
We talk to ourselves according to the word of God that we are called according to his purpose, called according to the upward prize of knowing God, called according to the, the prophecies and the, and the words that you've spoken over our lives to be overcomers and winners and ones that can change the world around us through love and through acts of kindness. Heavenly Father, this morning we open ourselves afresh to you that we would change the way we think, that we would examine our own thinking and bring it under the Word of God, bring it according to the Word of God, that we would speak according to your words for us and not according to how the world would speak to us. Father God, we want to be kind to ourselves and be our own best friend because we can only love others the way we love ourselves. So Father, we recognize your commandment in that, Lord God. To love God with all our heart, mind, soul and strength and to love our neighbor as we love ourselves as a good friend. Amen.